Welcome in. It's Drop the Mic. I'm Mike Welch. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It's episode three. Got a lot to get to in episode three. Gonna start with Monday Night Football. Disaster situation. I mean, it's hard for me to feel bad for ESPN because they're the worldwide leader and whatnot, but that's a garbage slate of Monday Night Football games for ESPN to have to deal with, man. It's it's a tough one. The Patriots and Jets, so bad that before the game, they had to create all these narratives, including Adam Schefter saying that it looks like Tom Brady's not going to be playing for the Patriots anymore. Because he's selling his house and his trainer's selling his house and there's like something else. It's bullshit. And Schefter knows that. He's just throwing something out there to create a headline so they can try to sell this game, man. And I have more power to him. More power to him. It's tough to sell this one. 6-0 and versus 1-4. and You know what's going to happen. And as the, game, the game's going on right now, it's 26 to nothing. The Patriots are going to win. <laughs> it's a disaster, man. And, and that's just the fact of understanding the Patriots are boring. They're going to destroy this team. There's nothing to grab onto. Tom Brady's the spawn of Satan. And I'm going to be dead before Tom Brady stops playing football. That's the world we live in, guys. Tom Brady, Tom Brady's going to be playing until I'm dead. I'm accepting that. And he'll be playing for the Patriots with Bill Belichick as coach. Because hell is real. We're living in it. <laughs> One more note on Monday Night Football before I move on. Uh, Sam Darnold is really bad. How's that for analysis? Sam Darnold, really bad quarterback. He's... <laughs> It's a rough go, man. It's rough to watch. I know his offensive line's bad, and there's a lot of other things to point to, but even with a good offensive line, I don't think Sam Darnold's getting you there, man. I don't think it's going to happen. Sam Darnold looks bad, and he's seeing ghosts. Did you see that? I'm mic'd up. They have Sam Darnold mic'd up for the game, which, admittedly, for Sam, tough game to be mic'd up. Really tough. You're playing the Patriots on Monday Night Football. And then he sits there on the bench, and he says, I'm seeing ghosts. Which means he's in the pocket and he's seen people, rushers that aren't there. He's seen, like, he thinks someone's about to sack him, but they're not. So he's just terrified. It's like, it's having happy feet. Not a really smart thing to admit when you're on Monday Night Football, man. Because everybody's going to crush Sam Donald for that in New York in the morning. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I mean, not not that they needed more ammunition from all of his turnovers. But I'm just saying, he's going to get crushed for that in the morning. <laughs> and probably tonight. So that's your Monday Night Football. Quick touch on that. On to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs need to shut down Patrick Mahomes until further notice. All right. I, I We saw what happened to his knee. Got popped out of place. Didn't look like a knee anymore. And then they popped it back in. It was disgusting for everybody watching on Thursday night. And look, we'll start with the play call. Andy Reid is the dumbest genius of all time. Because he's really smart. He's one of the smartest football minds we've ever seen in our entire lives. That's an undeniable fact about Andy Reid. One of the smartest football guys out there. Really dumb in certain situations. And I think it comes down to his lack of big picture awareness. Because I think I heard Travis Kelsey on Dan Patrick this morning talking about this. He said, uh, you know, well, when the game's going on, you don't think about who's injured or who's healthy. You're calling the plays for the to try to win. From a player standpoint, I get that. But Andy Reid's so busy worried about that next play that he misses the big picture. And maybe that's why Andy Reid's never actually reached the summit of the NFL. He's never won that Super Bowl. Maybe because he's so focused on just the next play that he forgets about the big picture and the fact that you got an MVP quarterback sitting right there with a bum ankle 
and you left him in the game. We'll get to that in a second. But then you have him do a quarterback sneak, knowing that his ankle's messed up. And you have Anthony Sherman, the sausage. You can hand it to him. He's going to bowl forward for a yard. It's okay. And then you can keep your quarterback healthy. I mean, what the hell, man? It's a really simple situation. Dumbest genius in all of football. Maybe in all of history. We don't know. Andy Reid. But, but seriously, why was Patrick Mahomes still in that game? When he came out in the first series, I wanted Mahomes out of that game. He was gingerly walking around at the ankle. He wasn't driving off his back foot when he threw. He's just kind of doing this like square up toss thing where he like squares his feet forward and like flicks the ball. Ball he was he wasn't throwing it deep. I'm I'm watching. I'm like, get Matt Moore in the goddamn game. What do you think? What are you thinking right now? What are you doing? But Andy's so caught up in the next play. He's so caught up in what play he's going to call to beat the opponent. He just doesn't think about it. And by the way. You have one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL in Matt Moore, in my opinion. And I know you might be like, really? Bit of an overreaction? Quick question. Who would you rather have at quarterback today, Joe Flacco or Matt Moore? Matt Moore. I think there's a number of teams. I know Mason Rudolph's a backup, but do you think the Steelers wish they had Matt Moore? Yeah. He looks pretty good, too. And he's he's got a lot of experience. Give me more 100 times over a guy like Joe Flacco. I'll take him. He's a solid backup, dude, which which only makes the headline that I saw today even dumber. Mahomes not ruled out in week eight. Do not put Patrick Mahomes in this game against the, against the Green Bay Packers. I don't care how ready he thinks he is. Your job's. As the chief staff, the medical staff, the coaching staff, literally everybody, your jobs are to save this kid from himself. He wants to play. Of course, he's a fantastic competitor. It's why he's going to be the best quarterback of all time. I 100% believe that. And I believe it in part because of his mental strength and the fact that he always wants to be better. He always wants to be there for his team. That's what makes Patrick Mahomes special. And it's why you got to rein his ass in. You got to rein him in and say no. In fact, when Patrick Mahomes is medically cleared to play Keep him on the bench for an extra game, just in case, just because I don't trust doctors. We all don't trust doctors, right? You've been there before. You go to the doctor, you tell them, hey, this is what's wrong with me. They prescribe you a bunch of stuff or they do some tests or whatever, and then they tell you, okay, here you go. This should make you better. You're going to be fine. You ever had it not work out that way? Yeah. Misdiagnoses happen all the time, and the fact that you're sitting here in the AFC West, the worst division outside of Kansas City in all of football. I mean, did you see the Chargers? <laughs> the game was right there. They should have won it. And they're just like, oh, no. Melvin Gordon's like, oh, no, here you go. Fumble. I mean, come on. It's the worst division outside of Kansas City. These teams are terrible. The Chiefs are going to the playoffs. They're going to be a one through four seed. Don't know, and I honestly, I don't think that getting a one or two seed is all that important. I think it's much more important for them to have a healthy Patrick Mahomes. So if you lose a few games, including a Sunday game, this Sunday against the Green Bay Packers, I don't care. All right, this isn't about some kind of dick measuring contest. Love that I can say that, by the way. This isn't about some kind of dick measuring contest between the Chiefs and the Packers to see who's better right now. Right now doesn't matter. Don't push for Patrick Mahomes to come back this week. The fact that that's even on anybody's tongue is mortifying to me. All right, give him three weeks. Even if you're like, oh man, but he's back and he looks really good, don't care. Give him three weeks. We're talking about dislocation, man. That's all about stability. 
And you know he's going to tell you it feels stable because he's Patrick Mahomes. He wants to play football. No, you keep him out. Keep him out. Speaking of uh, the Green Bay Packers and the AFC West, Packers lit up Oakland, man. But I wish, uh, you know what? Everybody can kindly hop off Aaron Rodgers' jock. I'm sorry. I know. He threw six touchdowns. He had like five touchdowns for the season going into that game. This is more about the Raiders sucking than it is Aaron Rodgers having some kind of a resurrection. Some kind of discount double-check resurrection. <laughs> he's, he's not what he once was. You know, hence State Farm bringing in Patrick Mahomes. They know the right. They see the writing on the wall. They know what's coming. They don't want to bring him a homes after the fact. No, smooth transition to the next bit greatest quarterback in the NFL. You know, Packers fans won't like that comment, but they're too classy to say anything, and I respect that. They're also probably a little too busy laughing at the Bears. Yes, smooth transitions is what I do. The Bears, man, that was. They have the worst offense maybe in the history of football. It's a national story now. For the Chicago Bears. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't think he was going to be great. But I didn't think he would be this. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't buy into the Mitch hype like a lot of other people did. To where, you know, oh, they're going to be amazing. And Mitchell Trubisky's going to be an MVP candidate. Actually, I don't know that people were saying that. I just know of a few Maybe even just one that was saying that. But but there were a lot of people who thought like Mitchell Trubisky was going to be really good. They thought Trubisky was going to be the truth this year. He's been anything but the truth. In fact, he's been a giant lie. It's hard to watch the Bears play because their defense is great. Their special team's really good. Their offense is the worst I've ever seen. I mean, the, the only team that might be more disappointing than the Bears this year is the Falcons. One and six, what a disaster that shit show has become. Good God. Trade Julio Jones. I'm not joking. Trade him. Trade him. It's sad to see Julio Jones have to deal with that every week. That monstrosity of a football team. And and Dan Quinn, the head coach, rolls out there like he's somehow not the worst coach in the NFL. He rolls out there like, oh, no, everything's fine. It's like, dude, you've been there way too long. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's one of those things like in your first year, maybe even second year, we'll give it to you. Dan Quinn's been in Atlanta way too long for them to suck this bad. That's on him. And he's clearly lost the team. Clearly. It's gone. Dan Quinn's going to be fired. Maybe not now, but at least at some point, there's going to be one embarrassing loss that does it. So the the Falcons and, and the Dolphins and the Bears, I guess, can fight for the most. Well, no. Get the Dolphins out of there. Because we knew the Dolphins were going to suck. So we'll go with just the, the Falcons and the Bears. They can fight against each other for the most disappointing team in the NFL. I'm not going to put Cleveland in there yet. I think Cleveland's going to turn it around. That's going to be a running theme now. Why? I don't know. I just came up with it. Thought it was fun. Running theme now. Most disappointing team in the NFL. Because we got a lot of them. There are a lot of really hyped teams that ended up sucking, man. A lot of them. Not just Cleveland. Except... Turn it around, guys. You're going to end up on the list. It's going to be a conversation. (laughs) <laughs> Sticking a little bit with the NFL here, we got a little more to get to in the league before we get on to some college football. Don't mind that, just things falling off the table. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> we got some college football, some uh, some some Major League Baseball, NBA. We got stuff to get to here, but the Eagles made the Cowboys look legit last night. We got to get to it. Look, it's the Eagles and the Cowboys. It's huge. But everyone wants to then jump back on the Cowboys bandwagon. 
You know, they're pulling the pulling the stuff out of the trash. They're all ready. They're like, oh, yeah, never mind. The Cowboys are back. The boys are back. Weed them boys. No, you're not. Carson Wentz had a terrible game, and Nelson Aguilar looks like he doesn't want to play football anymore. And <sighs> Doug Peterson looks like he's aged five years in the last three weeks. You know, it's, it's just, I'm sorry. It's been a really rough run for those guys, man. It's 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 not about the Cowboys. They had an okay game. I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you this, Cowboys fans. I will. Because I know a lot of Cowboys fans think I'm a, they think I'm a hater. A hater. Dak Prescott was okay. He looks solid. And I've said that for a while. I've been a I've been a, a defender of the Dak Prescott. I'm very, it's weird. I'm usually extreme on my opinions. All my extremes are either like, oh, Sam Darnold. I could do a whole podcast about how bad Sam Darnold is at football. Whole podcast. I could do it. He'll probably throw two more interceptions during the duration of it too. But I don't put, a lot of people want to put Dak Prescott in that area. But then you have a lot of people that want to put Dak Prescott in the elite area. Usually I'm on that side. Very extreme, very extreme opinions. This is the one guy, Dak Prescott, where I'm very moderate on Dak Prescott. I'm not liberal or conservative with him. I'm moderate. I think he's pretty good. I don't think he's elite. But if I were to start a, a team today and Dak Prescott had to be my quarterback, he's like, okay, we can win a lot of football games. I mean, some of his throws, man, they are on point. And in big situations, he can come through for you. And, you know, There's a lot that Dak Prescott brings to the table that is very impressive. I really like him. I do. I don't think the Cowboys are very good, but some of those throws, man, they're legit. And I'll, But I'll say this. Despite all the praise I just gave Dak Prescott, I think the Cowboys are a team that would be lucky if they got knocked out in the divisional round of the playoffs. They'd be lucky. Look, and maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe down the road they'll go to the divisional playoffs, they'll win, they'll be in the NFC Championship game, and I'll be like, hey, Cowboys are great. Dez caught it. Whatever. <laughs> But but for right now, I look at the Cowboys as a very middle-of-the-road team. If they miss the playoffs and go 8-8, eight and eight, I'm not going to be shocked. I think they're ceiling. What they're lucky, they're lucky if they go to the divisional round of the playoffs and lose. That's where I see the Dallas Cowboys. And I think a big reason why they make, may, might make it is because they play in a garbage division. See, while the AFC West might be the worst division in football outside of Kansas City, the NFC East is probably the worst division in football, period. With all four teams involved. All right, on to college football. The Huskers in a second. I know a lot of people come here for Huskers takes. Love it. And we'll get to the Huskers. But first, CBS just loves showing Joe Burrow's ass. And it, it's it's a problem. Joe Burrow, by the way, really solid year at LSU. He's now, I think, tied with Jalen Hurts for the favorite to win the Heisman. That's awesome. Good for Joe Burrow. I remember when he came and visited Nebraska when I was covering the Huskers, you know, years ago. And he's a senior now. Um, but yeah, that was it. That that's that guy's doing great. And CBS showed his ass like 50 times. He got sacked and you know the the pants got pulled down, the ass was exposed. And CBS decided we're gonna show all these replays of it. We're gonna show these constant replays and be like, here it is. And then I go on the internet and I see his I've seen Joe Burrow's ass. More times than I've, I've probably seen my own ass. Just because of the amount of times people have been showing this thing. And there is a newspaper in Louisiana that is pissed. They want a formal apology from CBS 
to Joe Burrow and his family for expose for for his exposed ass being shown in replays so many times. <laughs> I'll tell you this, man. They're only asking for an apology. I honestly don't think it's that much. They're like, hey, maybe you should apologize for showing this amateur athlete's ass all over your TV. I I, I don't think it's the worst thing anyone's. They're not asking for somebody to be fired. This ain't Twitter. This is a newspaper in Louisiana. If it was Twitter, they would have had three people fired at CVS by now. But now Twitter doesn't care. Twitter Twitter has so many other things they're fighting, like straws, and. I don't know, some random right-wing newspaper no one's ever heard of, but they're really outraged about. Maybe Gary Busey said something. I don't know, but Twitter's pissed about something else. Twitter's not focused on poor Joe Burrow's ass being exposed as much as it has been. I'm sorry, I don't know why I think it's so funny. But, but in this Louisiana newspaper, it really is, though, by the way. Before I get on to what the Louisiana newspaper said, it was funny. I mean, it's, it's why every blog in, the, in sports posted it. It's why it was all over every social media, Twitter, Instagram, didn't matter. I saw Joe Burrow's ass on there because it's funny. Uh, we never mature past middle school. That's a fact. Like we, we hit 13 years old and there's a part of us just, just like, you know what? I like it here. I'm staying here. 13 years old. Feels good. This maturity level feels nice. <laughs> Where's the calculator? I so I can spell boobs on it. You know, <laughs> that's we don't grow up. <laughs> Look, we fake it, but none of us actually grow up. That's a that's a that's a fact, man. So anyway, on to what Louisiana newspaper wanted. They want gender equality. Yeah, see, Twitter mob, be careful what you ask for. It works all ways. They said that CBS would have never done that had it been a female athlete's ass. They said backside. It's just funnier to me to say ass. So <laughs> it's a podcast, man. I don't have to worry about it. I can say whatever I want. Um, I actually do a pretty good job of not making this super curse heavy. But uh, yeah, either way, they thought that they used gender equality to make their argument which I found hysterical and also a little factual because it's like, yeah, hey, you wouldn't do this. If you want equality, then this is kind of equality. You have to treat everyone the same. I don't like that. I think it's stupid. I think treating everybody the same is like making us all robots. I think everyone gets treated on an individual basis. Why would we try to be, be everyone has to be the same all the time. I don't like being a robot. You like being a robot? No. Treat everybody differently. But in the realm of a gender equality, it's just, I think it's so funny. That's where we've taken the gender equality conversation to Joe Burrow having his pants pulled down on CBS. 2019 America. I, 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 I don't know if it's going to get better in 2020, guys. <laughs> we keep saying, ah, oh, that's 2016, that's 2017. I don't know if it's going to get better in 2020, guys. I think we're going to still be saying, ah, oh, 2020 America. All right, moving on to Nebraska. I think... Look, it's going to be a very much a hot, takey thing for me to say, but I believe there's merit. Stick with me on it. I think Nebraska should just let all their players take roids and, 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 and break the law just like the good old days, you know? Because things worked out then. You know, so Tommy Osborne, he, he shuffled some things under a rug. We all know about it. Everybody else did too. 
I think Bobby Bowden down there in Florida State didn't do any of that. Or Jerry Glanville, maybe. You know, just, I'm just saying. Some, some clear things. Steve Spurrier, Florida, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe go back to those days. Why? Here's the thing. Because today Nebraska reminded me why it's so awkward sometimes to cover, cover college football. They had a bye week. They take on Indiana. Indiana favored by two. Problem. Uh, <laughs> infuriating problem. But running back Maurice Washington's not on the Huskers' depth chart as of today. He's still technically on the roster. But I was reading uh, Steve Sipple of the Lincoln Journal Star. Great guy. Great read. And he said that you know he doesn't expect him to be on the team. He believes this is indicative that Mo Washington's out. And I, if Steve says it, I believe him. And the thing is, that sucks because the kid's promising. You know, there's a lot of upside to him. He's fast. He's got good vision. There's good things about Maurice Washington. And it appears to be some kind of discipline thing. But we, we never know. And that's why covering college football gets really frustrating at times. Because when you cover the NFL, like if somebody does something and they get suspended or they get traded or they get kicked off the team or whatever, we always know about it. You know, even in the saga that was Antonio Brown. Where is he? Have we seen him on a milk carton? I was expecting my weekly Antonio Brown update. Didn't get one this week. Part of me misses it. Most of me is really happy it didn't happen. But even during that Antonio Brown saga, right, we sat there and we listened to Antonio Brown and all this stuff and we knew what was going on. We knew about allegations against him. We knew what was going on with the Oakland Raiders. We knew all these different things that he said happened and that they said happened. Whereas in college, you just get, he violated team rules. He's gone. And that's it. There's no... Absolutely no questions, even follow-up questions. I remember the first time I started covering college because I went from covering the NFL initially to covering college. I asked Bo Pelini about a player who kicked off the team. He looked at me like I was crazy. I asked him what happened. He looked at me like I was insane. And I was like, what? I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, I feel like the checks and balances are off here. But anyway, it's one of those things where it could be anything, but I'd say let him play. Like, I want all the problem players. I don't care if they break the law. I don't care if they break your team rules. I just don't care. Deal with it. Make them run at stadiums. Make them run gassers. There are plenty of ways to punish guys without kicking them off the team. I hate that this has become a thing in college football so much. And I'm, I'm talking about Nebraska right now, but I'm not singling them out for this. Because this is every team in the entire, in the entire game. Instead of dealing with the problem players and trying to give them new avenues and new things to, hey, let's help them out this way or let's do that to try to support them. Let's build them up this way. Instead of doing those things, they're just kicking them out. Why? Liability and bullshit. That's why. And it's really frustrating because there are plenty of kids out there that make mistakes in the past that have gone on to do great things because their coaches and their schools, they stood by them and said, you know what? We can find ways to punish him, but we're not going to take the structure of football away from him. Right, we're not going to do it because we think if we take the structure of football away from him, it's only going to get worse for the kid. Will it make our team worse? Yes, but it will get worse for the kid. So instead of having a lose-lose situation, they had a win-win situation. Heaven for fucking bid. I get pissed about it, man, because we think, oh, it's because you can't tolerate. No, it's because of liability. They don't want to get sued. It's what it comes down to, bro. It's all about not getting sued. It's the only reason college football operates that way, and it bothers me because now I see all these good players leave and all this stuff. And you know what? You can say, hey, you need to talk about morality. I think morality is just a way to try to hide behind these, to make sure you don't get sued and just stand on your high horse and say, no, it's about morality. That's about your pocketbook. It always is. 
and Indiana's favored by two. Okay, I'm not a monster for thinking that Nebraska should maybe hold on to a running back if he might be a little bit of a problem player or an issue in the locker room or he doesn't follow the rules. Find ways to help him. I like Scott Frost, but he wins six games, bro. That's that's because I think next year you start saying make or break year for Scott Frost, right? This year, he's fine. There's no way Scott Frost, Scott Frost could lose out, and there's no way that, the, that Nebraska's going to fire him. But if he does lose out, and then next year starts and things go poorly again, starts to be looked at a little bit as a make-or-break year for Frost. Go after him, man. Sticking in college sports for just a little bit longer, KU and MU renewed the border rivalry. <laughs> it's the most overdue thing in sports. It's the most overdue thing in sports. KU, my alma mater, is actually the reason why this wasn't happening. KU was upset about MU going to the SEC, and they even made a point before they left. Well, if they leave, why are we playing? They're not here anymore. They're not in the Big 12. But now, they've decided to flip the script, maybe because they got in some trouble. We don't know. But this is what's best for everybody. This is what's best for everybody, all right? Mom and dad are getting back together. Civil War references that make everybody offended and uncomfortable are coming back. It's the border war. It's what it is. It's the border showdown, I think is what they call it now, right? At least that's what they called it back when I was in school. Border showdown, even though everyone else called it the border war because we can't be offensive. It's the border war. Call it the border war. Seriously. I mean, I don't care because, like, name things, whatever you want to name them, and then we'll call them whatever we want to call them. But frankly, we all just come off looking like a bunch of pussies as a country when we can't handle the term border war without getting our fucking feelings about it. Whew. Feeling good on a Monday. <laughs> feeling good. <All> right. <laughs> for the border war, uh, they're going to start out at Sprint Center in Kansas City for the first year. Uh, for the first year, they're playing 2020, 2021. And then it's going to be in Lawrence the next year, Columbia the year after that, then Lawrence, then Columbia, then Sprint Center. So that's kind of perfect. Like, if you were to bring back the border war, this is exactly how everybody would want it brought back. So, fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. I'm excited about it. All right, on to Major League Baseball. As uh, the Astros and Nationals are in the biggest who-gives-a-shit World Series of all time. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't think anyone cares. I think Major League Baseball should start fixing games to get relevant teams into the World Series. Here's the deal. The Nationals are a feel-good story. They are. First time they've ever been in the World Series. They were a wild-card team that fought their way back and great against this team, great against that team. Oh, my gosh, they went through the Dodgers and the Cardinals to get there. Are you kidding me? That's a feel-good story. If they were playing against the Yankees, <laughs> Pepper needs new shorts. That's a huge That's a huge series, right? It's David versus Goliath. It's the team that's taken down two Goliaths already with the Dodgers and the Cardinals. Now they're taking down the big one, the evil empire, the New York Yankees. God dang, that would be awesome. But the Yankees didn't win the ALCS. No, the Astros won the ALCS. So here we are with an Astros Nationals boring ass World Series that nobody really wants. I'm sorry, it's the truth. Sorry, Astro. If you're an Astros fan, good for you. Seriously, I'm, I'm a Kansas City Royals fan. I'm right there with you. I 100% understand. Yeah, nobody cares about my team, but F you, dude. We're good anyway. Totally understand that. 
But from a bigger perspective, if you're Major League Baseball, you got to be pissed off because Nationals and Yankees, all kinds of intrigue. Astros and Nationals, <laughs> fart noise. That's what it is. I'm sorry. It's a fart noise. It's what that entire World Series is. It's one big fart noise. So, yeah, sucks for baseball, and they should start fixing games. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Fix games. Look, if you can get away with it, guys, just do it because this is a nightmare, and you don't want to have this ever happen again. Man, because I'm just thinking about how awesome and how big time a Nationals-Yankees World Series would have been. The David versus Goliath part from a David that's already knocked off two Goliaths with the, with the Dodgers and the, and the Cardinals. That's, that's, that's awesome. But here we sit. All right, on to the NBA to wrap this thing up. Uh, the season's starting, and people here in Los Angeles are buying into the Lakers heavy, as is everybody, really. I mean, I get it. They, the, 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 they're the favorites right now to win the championship. But I'll say this, that's the bar for LeBron James, right? We missed the playoffs last year. Yeah, whatever. There's a lot of different circumstances. Everybody's going to just write that year off, right? I think that that was kind of agreed upon during last season. Like, we're going to write it off. LeBron James will be fine. The bar has not changed, though. If LeBron James and the Lakers don't win the NBA title, the season was a failure. That's reality for this squad. It's reality for a lot of squads, I think, in sports, but especially when you have LeBron James, especially when you're the Lakers, and especially when you go out and get Anthony Davis. There's a lot of different factors, but if the Lakers just make it to the NBA Finals and lose to, not call it the Bucks or the Sixers, which I think are arguably better, failed season. If they make it to the, East, the Western Conference Finals and they lose to the Clippers, huge failure. Huge. And I'll tell you this, it's harsh, but it's true. The reason why that is is because the Clippers are the second favorite right now to win the NBA championship. It goes Lakers, Clippers. Nobody here cares. It's amazing to me. They have billboards all over Los Angeles. I drive down, I drive down the 405, I drive down the 10. I see all these LA Lakers billboards. I see all these Clippers billboards. But when I talk to people here, no one cares about the Clippers. All they care about. The Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You see him in preseason, dude? You see him in preseason? Shut the hell up. I don't care about preseason. <laughs> you see that pass from LeBron James to Danny Green for three? It was sick. I'll give you that. That was a sick pass. It was preseason. Yes, still sick. But I don't care how good you looked in preseason Lakers. I really don't. I mean, I expect them to look really good in the regular season, too. But I'm just saying, people here in a town that doesn't really care that much about sports, remember that. The town, sports-wise, like the Rams were in the Super Bowl, and I saw like one little flag, like a Rams flag downtown, like one thing. And they were like, oh, we're supporting. Nobody really cares. But for the Lakers, people care. And they're all over it. They're paying attention to preseason basketball in Los Angeles. Are you kidding me? Preseason basketball. That's how pumped people are. Clippers. Second favorite, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I think the Clippers might be a better team. If Like, gun to my head, Clippers or Lakers. I'd probably go like 52% Lakers, 48% Clippers. I, I mean, it's real. It's razor thin how close these two teams are. And nobody here cares at all about the Clippers. Nobody gives a damn. They're probably still going to sell tickets for like $15. I love 
Steve Ballmer. Love him as an owner. I love the Clippers as a team. I've always liked the way that Ballmer does things, and then he brings in Kawhi Leonard. He brings in Paul George. They look like a really good basketball team. Move. Please. Move to a city that will appreciate you. I know there's corporate dollars and all that other shit. I don't care. Move to a city that will appreciate you. Move to anywhere, bro. Anywhere that you think might appreciate a basketball. Oh. Seattle. Kansas City. Just saying. There are places that would love to have an NBA basketball team. Give it to them. Give them their NBA basketball team. Please. Need it. They deserve it. Take the Clippers out of Los Angeles because Los Angeles doesn't deserve the Clippers. They don't deserve Steve Ballmer. Just being honest. Just being honest. Can't help it. They don't deserve Steve Ballmer. Don't appreciate him enough. Stan, I live here, man. And I just see all the Laker fandom. And and here's the thing. I understand it's LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard is not as flashy as LeBron James. He doesn't have the flash that LeBron James has. He doesn't talk as much. Do you care about what LeBron James says? I mean, think about it. Well, the last time LeBron James talked about a social issue, was that video shared as much as his past to Danny Green? Nope. So, I mean, I get it. He's not as flashy, and he might not be as talented. I mean, see, that's the thing, though. I would take Kawhi Leonard over LeBron James if I was starting a team this season. I'd take Kawhi over LeBron. I think he's a better player than LeBron. I was brainwashed by the machine, man. The machine. All brainwashed by the machine to believe LeBron James is an untouchable phenom. God. Kyrie won it. In Cleveland, Kyrie won that championship. That was Kyrie Irving's championship. We're going to end it like that. Oh, that's how we're going to choose to end this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Mike Welch. You can always tweet at me at TheMikeWelch or hit me up on Instagram at TheMikeWelch. Um, might get a backdrop in here. Better lighting. I don't know. Things are, people are listening and they're enjoying it and I appreciate that. So thank you so much and keep telling me, you know, keep telling me what you think. Keep reaching out. Love hearing from you. Have a great night.